Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is a Locker Room Production. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Locker Room Live post-game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Ah, there's nothing left to do but laugh, fam. I mean, really, what can we do? Uh, they gave up, I think that was 15 unanswered goals to the Rangers before they scored. Um, I, 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 Did you even really pay attention to this one? Because I sure as shit didn't. Uh, that was just an absolute embarrassment, left and right. Just a... Uh, you lose to a team 9 nothing. And it's like, okay, let's let's come out and establish something. No, they gave up immediately. Like, as Dave Brown says in his first comment here, this team sucks. Give up three goals on seven shots, they quit. 100%. That's, it's very clear that this team is, uh, is done. That's, that's it. It's, it's over. It doesn't matter how many games are left. They could be playing a full 82-game season it would not matter after this many games for them to be playing this way. It's an absolute embarrassment. I I can't believe it. They're actually one of the worst teams in hockey. It's not even like they're in a slump now. They are on par with Detroit and Ottawa and all these teams. They're worse than they ever were during a period when Ron Hextall, the general manager, was purposefully not improving the team. They're worse than they ever were. Like, they get blown out every single night. And honestly, I don't have that much to say about this one. This is going to go basically as long as I can go until I have to piss again. I've already broken the seal, so uh, we'll see where it goes. I have one piece of advice to everybody listening, uh, listening, watching, whatever. No, There's no video, so listening. If you're not already doing this, Download a, uh, a a sports book app. I use DraftKings personally. Uh, the I live in Jersey. It's legal here. The show sponsor for my other job uh, at You Better You Bet. The show sponsor is Bet Rivers. Maybe maybe download uh, or sign up for one of their uh, for one of their uh, you know download that and sign up and maybe you can gamble at Bet Rivers wherever it is. I beg of you. If you have to watch this Flyers team, do so and bet overs every single night. This was game, I believe, 32 of the season. They have now hit at least seven goals in 23 out of 32 games this year, total-wise. 
the highest total there are, the highest totals y'all ever see are six and a half. They hit this regularly. If we have to watch this shit, make some money. Download a sports gambling app. Bet overs on every single Flyers game. They have no ability to keep pucks out of the net. They score a decent number of goals, even if it's in garbage time. It doesn't matter. The money all spends the same. Uh, do yourself a favor and make some money watching this team because it's a fucking disgrace. Uh, we, we do have this um, request to talk feature that I want to get into maybe tonight. So uh, someone just requested already, and maybe tonight is the night we screw around with it. Uh, but just let me get through my whole monologue, take some questions, and then I'll let you know when uh, when maybe if you want a chance to talk, go right ahead. Dan Martin, I see you. Give me a second, and uh, we'll do this request to talk feature in a little bit. Uh, let me get to some comments because, honestly, I got nothing on this fucking game. They are terrible. They got blown out again. Uh, I tweeted tonight, and it's very obvious. Remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the playoff race in this East Division? We were saying – you know, there's a top five, and then there's a bottom three. And we included the Rangers in that bottom three. No, 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 no. It's the Rangers in that top five and the Flyers in that bottom three. They are so freaking bad right now. I would not be surprised if they finish sixth. I mean, obviously, the Devils and the Sabres, they're so bad. But outside of them, this team is going to finish sixth in this division, and it's – Honestly, it hurts. I'm actually sad for the first time watching this team because I was so wrong about them. We were all so wrong about them. It's such a shame. I had such high hopes. I thought this was finally it. This was finally the year. And no, they're absolutely terrible. Let's get to the comments because fuck it. I got nothing else. Uh, Hunter Moyer, this team has officially made me lose my mind. Just remember, it's not on you. You don't play for this team. You're not the quitter. You're not the one getting embarrassed every night. It's the players out there. We just live here. That's it. Uh, from Zach Boyle, I give up. Good luck and good night. Zach, drink up, bud. You've earned it. If you've watched these games, you've all earned it. Uh, from Hunter Moyer again, no way they're trying out there. They can't possibly be. And that's the even more embarrassing part of all of this is that they have clearly given up and there's still like half the season to go. How do you dig yourself out of this hole? Like you give up natural hat tricks to the same guy in two games. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Johnny Dyer. Can't believe you're doing this bill. Good for you. I'm here for you, Johnny. Listen, this is uh this is like my gig. This is what I do. I, I need to talk about it with somebody. And honestly, I've had enough seven plus percent beers tonight that it's really not that much of a chore. And uh, let's talk about the beer of the night. I'm drinking some eight and sand beers. The first one was called, uh, shit, Giggle Mug. Giggle Mug was absolutely delicious. Uh, eight and Sand is a local South Jersey brewery. I believe they're in Woodbury. They're right by around where I grew up, where I'm from. Uh, Giggle Mug was very good. Now I'm drinking a branching out. It's seven percent, and honestly, it's it's very good, but it is not uh it's not strong enough to deal with the shit we're doing here. You know what, Dan Martin, you've requested to speak. Let's hear you. What do you have? Oh, you're gone. Sorry, can't can't hit request. Uh, give me a, give me a couple of minutes, and people who request to speak, I'll let you speak tonight because fuck it, this is it's an embarrassment. <laughs> Jeff Wolber, they really need to start connecting on passes. We are uh, Nate Barnt. Let's hear what you have to say. Nate Barnt is now a speaker. Hello? Hello, Nate. You're talking on the uh, BSH Radio post game. Hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. Uh, 
We're pretty much trash at this point. Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, the the team is absolutely terrible. Uh, it's it's a fucking embarrassment. It's unbelievable. My brother's a Tampa Bay fan. Good for him. He's been talking so much trash, and then I look and it's eight to two. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was three nothing before I had any idea what like. I'm sitting here. I, I I produce another show from four to eight every day, and it's a gambling show. And I guaranteed that the game go over six and a half today. And they're at three nothing before the show even ends. It's an embarrassment. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I'm taking my girlfriend to the Phantoms game next week because the Flyers don't deserve us to come. Oh, uh, you're. It's a better investment, regardless. It is. Like it's 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 a better investment in your I'm time. Not, I'm not driving an hour there, paying like two hundred dollars. This is him to give up like eight goals again. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, you you made the right call here. I have no idea. How do you okay, I can accept some speaker requests here. So uh Sean Vanta, you're on with uh, the BSH post game show. Hey man, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're on. Oh, awesome. Hey man, I just dropped in the comments. This is my take on this game. The worst part of this season is they've embarrassed me personally. I yep. walked around telling everyone how good they'd be. All my friends and family, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be like when I was younger. Nope. No, that's exactly – that's why I, like, I'm taking this personally because after everything we went through and people are like, oh, the cycle of mediocrity. I'm like, no, the cycle of mediocrity was intentional. Now they're finally ready to play. They're finally ready to win, and they're actually worse. Exactly. Uh yeah, my, I was talking to my dad today, and he goes, I think we need to just accept that we won't be good for a few years. And I'm like, we just did that. <laughs> well, I just accepted that. <laughs> that was the last six, seven years. That was my – me accepting that was just now. Oh, now man. or never. Uh, well, thanks now for or never. talk, man. Big fan. You got it. Keep you it got up. it. Let's go to uh, Hung Doinkus. What a name. How are you? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're on. Hey, Bill, I hope you're having a good night other than the game. Uh, I wanted to ask, though, they can't keep putting heart in that, right? Like, he has to he has to come out. This has been hard to watch. They can't. I mean, it's not even like the one the one two one goal, the one two one one goal. I will say, like, he took a day and a half to get across. Like, it was very obvious the pass was coming. And some for some reason, he just didn't see it. I can't even put this one on the goalies. But like, no, you can't keep if this is your franchise goal, you can't treat him this way. Like, whether it's his fault or not, you can't just keep leaving him out there to get his ass handed to him every night. They have to get Alex Lyon in there. They need to do something to give both Elliot and Hart a break because it's they're going to they're going to just break out there. Yeah, it's hard to believe that, you know, quote unquote, playing through it is going to is, is any benefit at this point. It looks awful. There were times I thought, like earlier, you know, you just got to let the kid play through it. He's a smart, tough kid. He'll be fine. It's clearly something more than that. I agree. Well, thanks for having me on, Bill. I appreciate it. Oh, you got it. Thanks for coming in. Let's go to Zach Boyle. Zach, you're on. Yeah, Bill, thanks for having me on. Um, I I just got to say, I I can't stand this whole uh, rigmarole of how they always talk about how the problem is the team defense, but at the same time, you know, Carter Hart's not having a good time. And it's just, it feels like a self-fulfilling prophecy where they go back and forth and back and forth. And it's like, it's not one or the other. It's both of these things happening at the same time. Why can't we accept this? 
Yeah, no, it's it's very obviously it's a double. It, there are two problems. The the team defense is absolutely awful, and the goalies are doing nothing to help them. So you add those two things up. Yep, you you surrender fifteen unanswered goals to the Rangers. Like that's just the way it goes. It's I don't. It's to the point where there is no solution. Like I don't know what they're supposed to do now. Well, what I t- what I'd like to see is that you remember those old '90s playoffs games where like someone would get like a cheap shot in and. You'd see like Paul Korea come on the uh, the uh, the sportscast and come on and be like, "Yeah, that was a that was an effing cheap shot." I'd like to see that. I'd like to see like Sean Casario come on and be like, "Yeah, we're effing pissed off," or like Claude Drew, just like you know, show me some '90s like angry hockey players. Like that's what I I'm should uh, full full on tonight, and it's like an empty gesture because there's like 90 seconds left in the game, whatever. But Samuel Moran, who hasn't been here through all these ass kickings, at least he was mad tonight. At least he showed me that he wasn't willing to accept just bending over and taking it like they have. I, I completely agree. Start him every night and make him, make him the first line C and just let him just wreck <laughs> whoever is there, whoever's ballsy enough to put their top line against them. Just let him destroy whoever goes out there. I, I mean, what's the difference at this point, whether he stinks or not? Like, oh, yeah, let's throw Nate Prosser out there again. Who gives a shit? Put this guy <laughs> out there. He's willing to punch someone in the face. That's more than anyone else on the roster is willing to do. Maybe we're missing something by not putting Mark Friedman in. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we were. Let's finally uh, get to Dan Martin here. Dan, you've been hanging a second. Let's get to you. Hey, Bill. Just want to say, th- first of all, thanks for doing this every night. Um, oh, you got it. And uh, I, d- I know this is probably irrational, but if I was this bad at my job and I'm a coach, one of us would be fired at this point. Like, this is just getting out of hand. That's the, like, I don't even want to blame it on the coaches because we've seen so many coaches cycle in here now with the Giroux, Jake, and Couturier core. And, like, obviously some of those teams has extenuating circumstances whatsoever. But at a certain point, the coach clearly isn't working. Whether you want to blame the coach or not, he something has to change, and you can't remove, you know, 30 guys from the roster. Something has to change here. All right, uh, that's it on the requests to speak as of now. I'll get to more in a little bit. Oh, Mr. 69, Mr. 69, you've been, uh, you've been a, uh, oh, you're gone now. Okay. I was going to say, you've, uh, you've been a pretty, here you are. Let me get to you because you've been a pretty, pretty regular uh, contributor here on the post game show. Let's get to Mr. 69. How are you? You got me? Uh, You're live. All right. I I hate to pose this question, but, I mean, this season's clearly over. We're not – it doesn't look like we're going to make any sort of playoff run here. No, but yeah, it's – What – I mean, after next season, we have Claude Giroux is a UFA, Sean Couturier is a UFA. What are we doing as a team or an organization that shows them that we would want to keep them here or they would want to come back to the Flyers? You know, that's a great question because we talk all the time about, like, just the money it's going to take and how we how we make that work. Like, in my head, I've said a bunch of times, we just basically flip Giroux and Couturier's cap hits and we go from there. Both of those guys, like like Claude Giroux, you know, maybe he's got loyalty to the, to the organization. It seems like it because, you know, he's under contract. He can't say anything else. But why would either of those guys, if the money's the same elsewhere – and they have a chance to win somewhere else. Why would they stay? Yeah, that's exactly my question. But 
I, I mean, I'll hang up and listen, but <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's 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 a great question, uh, man. And if like those are the two after all of this, after everything we've been through, those are the team's two best players. And we're talking about after next year, their contracts are up. And we've always just assumed like, yeah, they're flyers. They want to be here. We drafted them. They've been through with us, man. Maybe they just want to go somewhere and win. A team, other teams are going to have some cap space too by that point. It's not a foregone conclusion that they, they choose to come back. And that's depressing because there's absolutely nobody to replace those guys. All right, let's go to Andy Monaco. Let's see. Uh, Andy, you're live. Hey, what's going on, Bill? What's going on, Andy? Uh, question to you is, do you think, like, at the deadline, are they, they going to be sellers? Like, what do they do with this? It, like, nothing really can fix this team. Like, are they just going to stand pat? There's there's nothing in terms of selling. Like, the thing is, like, Chuck Fletcher in his comments the other day, and they were just generic, you know, whatever, you know, press conference to have a press conference. That's yeah. fine. But in his comments, he kind of made the point of, we're not sellers, and honestly, nobody wants to take on any money. Like, who has, if we're talking about moving guys, moving on from some guys, we talked about this on BSH this week, how many, like, who are we really talking about trading? It's like Jake Voracek, right? Right. How many teams can even afford an eight-plus million-dollar cap hit, let alone want to take it on for the next several seasons for a player who, isn't what he was when he signed that deal. Right, right. And then also you got the expansion draft coming up too. So, I mean. That's maybe, I think some, like, deadline-wise in terms of selling, it's it's going to be tough. But after the expansion draft, after teams realize what their rosters are going to be, there has to be a change because they can't keep on like this. Like, they're right. worse than they've ever been. And also, I mean, do you really think, like, the absence of Matt Niskanen is causing all of this. I mean, it's just, it's gotta be more than that. Right. I, I, just, I, I don't understand like what is going on. Listen, Matt Niskanen was nice, right? It was a nice little piece last year. Yeah. If he like, fuck, he should have won the goddamn Norris trophy. If this is what <laughs> right. like, he was the best player. He's as good as Connor McDavid. I know. Like, there's no see, way. Like, there's on. no way. It's just him. There's just something wrong with this team that goes beyond Matt Niskanen. Right. 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 Thanks All a lot right. for your comment. Let me go Thank to. You, uh, you got it. Let me go to Hunter Moyer now. Hunter, you are live. Yo, what's up, Bill? Can you hear me? I can hear you. You're on. All right, man. So I went to the game. Uh, the first game they allowed the fans back, and I know there's some stuff that you can't see on TV uh, behind the play. Um, this team, it, it, they are so slow. I, I don't know what it is. It is crazy how they just dog to the puck. No, that's – and it's – you can't really see it, but you can judge it by – like when you're watching on TV, I, I judge it by like, okay, it's a three-on-two coming back into the Flyers zone. How much time it takes to see another Flyers sweater in the screen. And it's like – seconds it's like 12 uh, an an incredible amount of time goes by before you even see the next guy like in relief unless the opponents are physically holding them back like (laughs) there's no way it should take this long to back check yeah it it, it's crazy I mean when I was at the game there was an instance where Scott Lawton was you know the, the puck was on the end board and he just he glided to the puck, and I was like, there's there's no fucking way we're going to win like this. 
it's it's un it's unbearable honestly to watch. And it's 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 I think it was in the last game there was a odd man rush coming into the flyer zone and Travis Konechny's uh coming back late. Like he's hustling to get back maybe. But you you see him in the screen and I wonder like when was the last time you saw somebody dive to make a play? Like what do you have gotten there? Would he have gotten there? Would he have not? I don't know. Like it's TV. You don't know what the actual distance is. But like lay the fuck out. Do yeah. something to stop this uncontested shooter from challenging your goalie with nobody in front of him. Like it's absolutely insane. And just just one more thing. Uh with, you got it. Especially with this game. Uh you know how the Flyers are talking shit to the Rangers bench? I mean, what, yeah. what the fuck are you saying? Like, what could the they possibly the scoreboard? <laughs> like, they got to be saying, like, you know where you should go to it for a cheesesteak. Like, I got a great recommendation. <laughs> like, what, what could they? They're getting 15 unanswered goals. It's an embarrassment. It, it's, and now we are, what, one in six since we've allowed fans back in? I say close it the fuck down. Close it, shut it. Honestly, they might not even have to shut it down. Who's going to pay to see this shit? Like, why would anybody fork over hard earned dollars? Yeah, I have, <laughs> it's, it's... I have, I have buyer's remorse. That's <laughs> un fucking real. All right, Bill, I'll see you, man. Thanks a lot. All right, Dave Brown, you are on. What's up, Dave? How you doing, Bill? I'm well. How are you? Hey, I appreciate this therapy after every game. It's nice. Couple uh, someone needs it. And honestly, uh, yeah. I don't want to talk tonight, so I want to have everyone else on. Uh, well, you know, one thing I notice is when we're watching the games and you look on the bench, they, they don't feel like they're, they don't look motivated. They just sit there with their heads down and have little conversations between each other. You know, it's, they're not getting up and getting pumped up and, and trying to get that fire going. I don't see that a lot in the game. That's, they can sit there and talk about the little technicalities. Like, okay, when I open up on this defenseman, get me the puck in front of me, get me the puck to my left. But none of that matters at this point. Like, sure. it's about like, have the conversation of let's go knock someone the fuck out on this shift. And like, right. I'm not even saying drop the gloves. I'm just saying like, yo, when you get that puck deep, wrap it around so that the far defenseman has to field it and has to be looking down and I can put him on his ass. Right. Like <laughs> that's the conversation. And it's clearly not what's happening out there. Well, another thing I wanted to say is, you know, a lot of these players being in the organization as long as they have and their, and their positions have been concrete. Do you feel like this coach, A.V., is such a challenging coach? Is he, he strives for more from the players. And when they don't show that, he ends up scratching them to show, hey, you got to play harder. And do you think some of these players are starting to get to them? Maybe he's coaching them too hard and they're just a little soft? I think there's just an overall softness throughout the uh, throughout the organization, throughout all the players. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's really about AV. May, I, I think it's so much more about like management. This summer decided, you know what? Everything's fine. We're cool. And everyone looked around and went, everything must be okay. And I just think there's a complacency that has set in because of it. And it has resulted in just a soft fucking team. Like, listen, last year, it's not like they stuck up for their teammates any more than they did now, but they won. So we didn't complain about it as much, but I think now it's just, it's gotten to a point where they don't even know what to do because everyone's so cool. Everyone's, uh, everyone's friends with each other on this team. They need an asshole. Like they need one asshole in this locker room to go, yo, this ain't right. Like none of you are doing your jobs. Yeah. I just don't see that guy that sparks. No, there, he doesn't. I don't think he's there. I don't think I, he we exists. I thought it was going to be TK, but I don't know where he's been. 
he's so he's so lost himself. Like, and he's playing better. He's made some plays the last couple nights. But do those matter? Like, when it's when it's six nothing, does it matter if TK makes a nice pass to set up a goal? Like, it doesn't. It's embarrassing. Well, I appreciate it. Really. it All right, thanks a lot. Let's go to uh, Nate Barnt here. Nate, you were you were on. Uh, we might have lost Nate. All right, let's go to Warren Brody. Warren, you are live. All right, looks like we lost some of the speaker requests. I was taking a little while with some of my and- answers. Uh, Kyle Bendel, Kyle, you, uh, I love it. You have the you have the Jaws uh, Mayor as your uh, as your avatar. What's up? How's it going, Bill? Uh, it's going. You know, it's fucking going. All right. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I have uh, kind of two big fears with this plan. Oh, that's a uh, team. Uh, one of them is that. We're kind of married to this coach that his philosophy might be a little bit behind the times right now. He's dumping chase and all this, and I just don't know if that's what this team needs. I know they played well last year, but going into that bubble, they got pretty much dominated in both of those series in the bubble. And they squeaked out due to good goaltending, and that's not happening right now. Yeah, that was, you know, I thought it was kind of a purposeful thing to just play a slower, boring game against Montreal. They were just like, you know what we can do? Just slow them down. And then you saw what they did against the Islanders and was like, no, they're playing a different style and it isn't good. This is this is Elaine Vigneault. I think tonight was his 101st regular season game as Flyers coach. Like, man, 12 months ago, I thought he was one of the two or three best coaches in hockey. I can't put it all on him because the players, like, if your goalies can't stop a puck, what the fuck's the coach supposed to do? But it's starting to look like maybe, whether it's his system or just his message, they're not responding to it. Yeah, I just feel like that's kind of the end game phenomenon, as you would say with Elaine Vigneault, though, is that the, the goalies eventually wear down. And it just seems like with the Flyers, everything is in hyperspeed with this just breaking down as quickly as possible. And just real quick, getting into it, my other real fear with this plan is, I know you've said this plenty of times, is that this rebuild with with Hextall is just, it's not, like, the Rangers have been in a rebuild for maybe two years, and Adam Fox and Keandre Miller are better Mm -hmm. than any defenseman we have. 100%. That's scary. It is. It's really, like, it's, it's worrisome, because, like, even just thinking of, like, you can think about, you know, the players that were here before Hextall, but even with Fletcher, how many guys on this roster right now are Fletcher acquisitions? Is it just Kevin Hayes and Justin Braun? Like, is that it? Like, that's his stamp on this team? That's it and, right now. Yeah, and then and then in terms of what Hextall did, like, yeah, Joel Farabee looks like a hell of an acquisition. I still think Carter Hart's going to be fine, even though this year sucks. But, like, our best players are still Sean Couturier and, and Claude Giroux. They haven't found anybody to step up to be on that level. That's a real problem. Like, Claude Giroux's one of the oldest guys on the team, and they haven't figured out a way to even equal him. Yeah, and that's – I'm just afraid we're – kind of spinning our tires right here and we're using up the last productive years of Giroux and Voracek and when they're gone this team's in a lot of trouble you know no matter how much people want to get rid of them this team is not going to be in a good place when they're gone unless they replace them with a lot better players which is not going to happen in a trade yeah that's the real fear yeah like how do you 
how do you trade a Jake Voracek and get better? Like, that's always been my thing. Like, I like Jake. I, I'd move on from him for somebody better. But now at this point, like, with his contract, how do you move on from him and get better? It really, man, it's the biggest fear is the Hextall years, which we all accepted were, uh, were just for nothing. All right, let's go to Brandon St. Randy. What's up, Brandon? You are live on the BSH postgame show. What's up, Bill? Just the... I just don't understand like the lack of physicality from the team. Even like how, how do you how do you get the doors kicked off you every night? And especially to this team, like 17 to 3 and you you're not you're still not ready to start games. Like rec league guys, play on Wednesdays. You're ready to go. Especially like like you're asking for like Morin has two bad knees. He doesn't even play on the team on a regular basis and he can't even he's the only guy besides Lawton at the end of the game showing you that he's got he wants you to fucking fight and something like show something, anything. Oh, I, I, I fully agree. Like I would just love, I would love for someone to show me they're pissed off. That's listen, Samuel Moran might actually suck. He probably does, but at least he was mad tonight. At least he was willing to do something. Like I, I'm just so sick of this going through the motions hockey that we've seen. And just, just one more last thing. Like you got it. The thing that worries me is like they, how many guys do the Flyers develop? Like, I know Couturier came up when he was, like, 18. But how many other guys do they develop? Like, I, I just feel like they don't produce. I, I know everything's a gamble when you draft a guy. But, I, like, other teams, I feel like they just find these guys or, like, like later in the draft or they develop guys. And I know it takes time. But how many of these guys do you see that are just, like, they come up and they're, like, you're excited for them. Like, and they show you something. I don't know if that's something with, within the organization or what, but – I don't. I don't know, man. It, no, it's, development. It's so hard to watch them. Development is a major issue. Like we've been waiting for Phil Myers for how long because of his raw potential. And what have you seen out of Phil Myers? Like Travis Sanheim was a first round pick. He's not better than he was two years ago. Like Joel Farabee, he's 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 having a great year. And you know what? He looks like he really has it. But so many of these guys, like Travis Konechny taking a step back, Ivan Provorov taking a step back. Like, yeah, Oscar Lindblom, you developed him. He was a fifth-round pick who he would have been a top-two-round pick if he could skate, and it was just weak skating, and he worked on that and came over, and he's fine. How many of these guys, like we were told about how good these drafts were and how savvy Hextall's player evaluations were, where all where are all these guys? Like it's the veterans making all the money who are doing everything other than Faraby, and the depth doesn't exist. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Just and last thing, this reminds me of like that Ryan White thing when they were throwing their bracelets on the <laughs> ice and he's like, uh, I, I would have chucked mine too. Like, I got tickets for the 10th, and they're $110 a piece lower bowl, and I kind of was committed to them, so I can't get out of them. But how, like, how are you charging that with this team and the way they've been for so long? That, that, you know, it's, it's so bad, man. It's, it's so it's, bad. It's, I feel so bad for anybody who would pay for a ticket. Like, it's such a fucking shame. Sad. Well, thanks. 
All right, thanks a lot. All right, we're going to go to Nate. Nate is back. Uh, how you doing, Nate? Pretty good. Nate, you're on. Yeah, so I'm looking at the stats here. Nate once, two. Nate twice. All right, Joel Faraby, what's up, Joel? Joel. Joel, can you hear me? All right, where are my speaker requests here? Let's go to Zach Boyle. Zach, you're on. Yeah, Bill, uh, I know I spoke earlier, but I, I was just wondering. Zach. All right, we're going to take Warren Brody then. Warren, you are on the BSH postgame show. Hi, Bill. How are you wow. doing tonight? Tough game. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm doing. I'm here. So I go back to the early 70s. So I was lucky enough to be around the first Stanley Cup. And, yeah, lucky you. you. Know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had goaltending and we had a center and we had some, you know, real stars on that team and we had some excitement. And I think – I think there's just a total lack of accountability with the whole Flyers organization. And I think part of the issue may be Comcast is a corporate entity and there's no real owner like Ed Snyder to drive, you know, to, to put the right people in place to get this team where they need to go. I think Chuck Fletcher was a big mistake. And, you know, I, I thought Chuck Fletcher was a nice outside addition, just a professional hockey guy who wasn't from the Flyers culture. But shit, man, give me the Flyers culture at this point. Like, at least that was interesting. This, they're terrible and they do nothing to fix it. You know, we we had some really great leaders. I mean, not just Clark, but Dave Pullen, you know, you know, for a while, Lindros was great. We had some, a lot of years where people thought, you know, the Flyers were really looked up. Now they look down on us. This is pathetic. I mean, the, the league looks down on us right now. No, I mean, when the Rangers are just fucking around and scoring 15 unanswered, like, it's it, it's it's an absolute embarrassment to lose 9 nothing and then fall down 3 nothing before, like, I had my first beer cracked is, uh, wh- what are we doing out here? Who Who I, is in charge of this thing? I think the only way they're going to be able to get out from underneath this, they're going to have to let some of these contracts run their course, but they're going to probably have to trade Couturier. Because by the time the team's any good, he's going to be too old, and they're going to get stuck with another bad contract. You know, Warren, uh, we we talked about that on the show uh, on BSH Radio yesterday, I guess, when we recorded. And Charlie said, like, I think the idea of trading Couturier is crazy, but at least if you think it, then you're playing your thought out to the pot to like the end of the uh, like the end of the possible game here, like realizing that this team isn't going to be that good for quite some time. Yeah, get what you can for a legitimate 1C in this league. And maybe try to get up to the top of the draft, uh, you know, in the right year and hope we get lucky because, you know, we really need that one player. We need speed. And, you know, maybe we need to look at our European scouting as well. We're not getting enough out of that either. No, they're great at, like, finding depth. Like, Michael Roffel, way to go, but that was, like, eight, nine years ago. Like, Oscar Lindblom, fifth-round pick, way to go. But where are these top-end guys? Where are these players looking to come over who, like, can provide anything uh, in terms of, like, production for you? Uh, you know, I, I agree with the European scouting, absolutely. I think, I think Kyle Hextall was really pretty clueless. Now we're looking back on all those draft picks and – Really, he was really mediocre. He didn't he didn't swing for defenses. 
He certainly did not not like that's the silver lining in all of this is like yo maybe Pittsburgh's going to really suck. <laughs> maybe he's going to fuck Pittsburgh up real bad. All right, thanks a lot Warren. If I can figure out how to drop you. There we go. Uh Zach Boyle, Zach, you're here. Zach. Yeah, can you hear me, Bill? Zach, I still can't hear you, bud. Yeah, Bill. Can oh, you hear there me? you are. Yeah, what's up, Zach? You're yeah, on. Sorry about that. I must have had myself on mute. Yeah, no my, worries. my uh I, I just got to say, at this point, does it make sense to just bench Hart in, like, indefinitely until he gets his shit together and just let Alex Lyon just play and, like, bring Eustamanko up just for the fuck of it? I mean, at this point, the standings don't matter. So why not just throw them in there and just see what they can do? Yeah, I would love to, like, I maybe Eustamanko. I think, I don't even know he, if he's in North America at this point. Like, but I wouldn't mind just throwing Alex Lyon in for, like, three straight games just to see what happens. Uh, Carter Hart isn't doing anything uh, to, of note, even though I don't think he's been as bad lately. But just to subject him to this, if you think he's your goalie of the future, subjecting him to these nightly ass beatings is it's it's negligence. Like you can't you can't let him just have these numbers hung on him. I don't care how poised, how mature the kid is, it's gonna get to him. Yeah. I agree. And, and you know, I, I I've been reading some of the comments here and a lot of people are saying, you know, it's not Hart's fault, but uh, clearly there are a lot of level headed people here that are seeing that, you know. It's clearly not just a one-person fault. It, and the thing that I'm worried about is the people that don't follow as closely that just kind of read the headlines and see the stats, and they're like, oh, clearly Carter Hart's not the player that we thought he was going to be. And they just drive him out of town like they've done so many times with Philadelphia sports. That's the last thing I want to see happen. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, anybody listen, anybody who didn't watch the game tonight opens up the box score in the morning and sees six goals and goes, well, he must have sucked. Like, well, actually, he it was it wasn't all that bad. But like every shot was was a high danger scoring chance. I, I, I just don't think you can keep subjecting him to this. It's it's like not fair. It's not fair to the team. It's not fair to him. And it's horrible for the long term outlook. Like you said, I don't want this to turn into a uh, like the self-fulfilling prophecy of Brzezgalov saying this town is hell for goalies and this town going, no, you suck. Get the fuck out. Like it's uh, they're in a tough situation with the goalies right now because they have a backup who's too old to play as often as they need him to. They have a future franchise goalie who's like right now still a year younger than uh, Henrik Lundqvist was his rookie season just getting his ass kicked. And then like your third option is Alex Lyon. Who's probably Neil little, like a nice AHL goalie. Like they just don't have an answer in net right now. And it's not fair to anybody. Yeah. I, w- I just want to say that last thing, that Lundquist stat blows my mind. If that yeah. doesn't give you perspective, then you clearly don't know anything about NHL. It's what's keeping me – it's why, like, listen, I'll throw out hot, hot takes all day. It's what's keeping me sane with Carter Hart. Just like, listen, he's 20-fucking-2. You know how hard it is to even find comparables for goalies this age? Like, it's it, – it's. I think he's going to be fine long-term, but they got to figure something out now or risk, like, ruining him for a, a couple of seasons. Right. We just got happened to be flooded with Sorokin, Samsonov, Shosturkin, like – we just happen to get flooded with these guys this year. And so and look like, at, oh, they're not them. 
And it's like, look at their ages. Look at their ages. They're all 24, 25. Like it's not, it's still not even, yes, they're rookies, quote unquote, and they're young ish, but it's still not 22 year old being given the reins to a franchise that has been looking for a goalie, you know, since Bernie Perrant, basically. I can, <laughs> like, it's still I, a totally different situation. I completely agree. And Sorokin has Varlamov. And, yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's it's not a fair comparison. But, yeah, that that's all I got. All right, thanks a lot. Uh, Nate, you are on. Let's see, Nate. All right, can you hear me now? I can hear you. You are on. Listen, this is not Carter Hart's I feel like if I, I City. No way. Carter Hart is innocent. <laughs> oh, I... I think I think Carter Hart, like, listen, is he playing well this year? No. Especially these last couple games, are they his fault? They're not. No but way. you also, the goalie, when you give up six, seven goals a game, like, it's not like he's helping them. Yeah, now he, he does lead the NHL in goals against with 77 now. He is number one. But, I mean, they're not even playing hockey around him. This, this is not hockey. This is not hockey. Oh no. That's like my my long term like what I think Carter Hart is going to be is unaffected by uh by what's going on right now. But it's kind of just a concern of where are we going to leave his head for the next season or two if he keeps absorbing these beatings. Yeah, I mean if we keep on giving up 8 to 9 goals to these crappy teams the rest of the season uh, I don't know. Or we could break them. We could. It's. I mean, listen. Goalies get broken. I think if you have it, you have it, and eventually it comes through. But what if, like, he's twenty two? What if it doesn't come through till he's twenty seven? You know, what if he does? Like, fuck, that's a long time. I'm gonna be old by then. <laughs> like, I, don't know. I'm I might not. Yeah, no. It's it's a real concern. The way they're playing in front of him could affect him long term. Oh yeah, I think we could put any goalie on the Flyers, and I think they would be probably as bad as Carter Hart right now. Oh no, you so, could shrink you could shrink the net and put prime Bernie Perrant in there, and they'd be giving up as many goals because like they don't play defense a little bit. Nope, all I'm saying is that defend Carter Hart. We need him. <laughs> oh, I'm listen. I'm on the long-term Carter Hart bandwagon. I'm just saying I'm not defending anybody on this team right now. Like he's out there, he's part of the team. There's no excuses for anybody. All right, let's hey, let's, uh, uh, let's end it with Mister Sixty Nine. You are back. Uh, you're on live. This is going to be our last live comment of the night. What do you got, Bill? Thank God you get paid to do this, man. Oh, do you think I'd fucking be here if I did? <laughs> For real. Um, I'd be more shit-faced than I am right now, just laying down, face down, watching wrestling. (laughs) So my main concern right now is, like, obviously all these young defensemen not living up to where they're – like, what their potential is supposed to be. I mean, Provorov is, like, very shaky this year. It's kind of clear he's not a number one. Another thing is Nolan Patrick. Um, It kind of seems like he probably needed to start in the AHL this year just to get his legs under him after not playing for a whole season last year. Um, it's clear that he's he's uh, regressed a little bit, I would say, over the past couple of years as well. 
I mean, honestly, Bill, like if I owned this team, I'd make this team take a bus to every single away game from here on out. <laughs> it, there's, there's nothing that they've shown me there. I'm like, all right, let me charter a jet for you guys. Would it, it would be like major league. You'd have them like on the little like rubber band propeller plane and then maybe just <laughs> go to the fucking bus. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. uh, I, I feel you like, man, it's, this whole season is just so rough. Like, it's not even just that they suck. It's that they we thought they were going to be actually very good. I thought they could win this division. I thought it was going to be them and Boston. And, man, was I wrong. I'm right up there with you, man. I'm starting to think this was like our Colorado year last year where Patrick Wall took over and they had they had that one run where they just were absolutely incredible for one year and then they fell and, off a cliff again. And then and then it took them a little while to get back to, you know, being what they are now. Yeah. Shit. I don't even want to think about the amount of time it's going to take to fix this. Like that's Great. depressing. Eight years, man. This has been brutal. But. <laughs> That's the, like I said on BSH this week, I was like, if not for what preceded last season, I'd be fully willing to accept, like, ah, this is just a fucked up year. Like, the goalies are playing bad. It's mm-hmm. a COVID season. Everything is just, everything is just fucked up. And that's the way it is. But since we went through the heck, the Hextall and Hackstall years, I can't. Because there are no more excuses. We were supposed to be good. Yeah, honestly, it, Charlie did bring up a good point on this week's uh, BSH Radio with uh, if you're going to do it, you have to go scorched earth and just trade anyone that has value right now. And I guess Couturier is probably the only person that could maybe net you a decent amount of prospects and picks. But honestly, I don't feel like I, – I don't think that's the right move to move him at the moment. I mean – if you and listen, the people who think this thing is just fucked and they're not going to be good for a, a couple of years, I understand the idea. But if you move Sean Couturier, what do you have left? Nothing. Like, there's nothing. Like, listen, JVR and Farabee having great years. Are they this good without Sean Couturier? Probably not. Because if you're on a line with Sean Couturier, that means you're in the offensive zone. Like, that's what Sean Couturier Mm -hmm. does. He turns defense into offense, and you're set up on offense. Without him, man, what would they be? (laughs) One last thing. Man, you got uh, it. we're finally getting that, what is it, the 11th overall pick, that value of Samuel Moran for just beating the wheels off of uh, Brandon Lemieux right there. <laughs> Honestly, like, it's like, what, what do you have to lose at this point? Like, the season's over, essentially. Like, Oh, just play them. Just, just, just beat them. Just beat the yeah. crap out of them. I, who oh, cares? I want, honestly, Samuel Moran showed me in that shift tonight, at least he cares. And at this point, what can I ask of anybody else? Like, at least he's mad. Like, yeah, <laughs> at least he's as mad as we are. Yeah, exactly. All right, I know. Thanks, I said, all right, thanks a lot, dude. I know I said we were done, but we have a couple more requests. And honestly, this is the first time I've ever taken callers, so it's a lot of fun for me. Andrew McFeeders, Andrew, you are hey. live. Hey, Bill, thanks for taking me on. I know you wanted to end there, but I had something. Ah, what the fuck else am I doing? Just, you know, I'm tired of this shit show as anyone else is, but I wanted to give a little bit of positivity if that's all right with you. Oh, please, please. (laughs) Not sure if you got a chance to see this. I know you don't get a chance to look at Twitter while you're doing the game and everything, but Charlie and some of the other reporters brought up that Lindblom had his scans come back and he's still cancer-free. Well, that's fucking awesome. That's something we can all celebrate. 
Not much else to celebrate with this team. No. Other else, I got uh, Sixers will be off their West Coast trip and they'll be back to regular time soon. The Phillies start in a week. Maybe they'll be good. I don't want to say they will be and fall for the Flyers' trap, but they might be good while we know the Flyers suck. So, hey, uh, to keep your sanity, people check your listings each game. And if the Flyers play at the same time as the Sixers or Phillies, just just watch them instead. You're probably Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I personally appreciate the late Sixers games. Like, I'm going to turn that shit on when I finish this. It's nice for me. But I love the, hey, maybe the Phillies will be good because – Fuck if that isn't, like, the phrase of the Philadelphia Phillies. Hey, maybe they'll be good. And, like, this is a person who has got thousands of dollars invested in Phillies Hassinger. Like, I love baseball. I love the Phillies. Uh, but part of it is I love um, that they're, like, shit. <laughs> I feel like it gives me street cred to be a Phillies fan. I get to say whatever I want because I go to Phillies games. I love the Phillies, even though they're like the worst team in the history of baseball. All right. Now this is really it. Uh, this is the latest call anonymous dude. You are live. Howdy. Hello. Hello. You are on. Uh, I have a question for you. Uh, okay. Sorry to shit on the positivity that just happened, but ah, what fun. happened to, <laughs> What happened to net front defense? I mean, you say go to the dirty areas. When's the last time an opposing player got cross-checked in the back? I mean, seriously, like maybe they're, accidentally. They're just there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's insane That's, how they they just let dudes walk through. That's your question. Like your question is flawed. What happened to net front defense? They never had it. <laughs> like, and it's, like it's that's no. It it drives me nuts. And like I hate to talk about like. You know, when I played hockey, because I always for uh, like I always talk like I played shitty South Jersey hockey and I wasn't very good. But, like you protected the front of your net. That's what that's the only thing they told you to do. The coaches didn't know what was going on. They were just dads. But they told you, like, protect the front of the net. That's what you're supposed to do. And like the especially like the last game, uh, the Devils game. So many just guys camped out in front. And then we see it again tonight. Just tap in goals standing on the line of the crease. Like John LeClaire must sit there and look at it and go, I could have Wayne Gretzky's goal record with defense like this. <laughs> like he must just laugh his dick off thinking about this sort of thing. I, I always think like when Wayne Simmons was on the team, he must have looked at our net front defense and went, guys, do you see what happens to me? Like, do you see the beating I take? And, like, uh, yeah, the net front defense, it's – there are so many problems with this team, but net front is such a pride thing. Like, it's so much just about who wants it more, and they lose consistently. I remember you last year, after that first game, when Kevin Hayes lifted somebody's stick, and you were like, I don't (laughs) know, I forgot you could do that. I thought that was interference. I just like, figured it was illegal. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Thanks for having me on, Bill. All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you all so much to uh, everybody who contributed tonight. Thank you all so much for making my job much easier because I didn't know what the fuck to talk about. They got killed again. They're probably going to get killed again on Saturday. They're going to end up with like a top five pick. It's unbelievable how bad this team is. But we're here. We're Flyers fans. We stick through it. It's what we do. God bless you all. <laughs> but thank you all for hanging out. Thank you for listening. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to go through the whole spiel. You know where to find our podcasts. Give us five-star reviews. Be nice. I, I got to 
I got to drink this away. Uh, fuck it. Have a great week, everybody.